Welcome to the Nutrition Unpeeled podcast, a place where hungry minds discuss all things evidence-based nutrition, fitness, mindset, and healthy living. We're your hosts, registered dietitian and nutritionists, Courtney, Darian, and Hannah. Let's dive in. The information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only, so always speak to a healthcare provider such as a registered dietitian who can work with you directly about your unique healthcare needs. Welcome back to the Nutrition Unpeeled podcast. In today's episode, we're sharing our top summer nutrition tips. So summer is here, the weather is warm, kids are out of school, and routines are changing. And maybe for you, this means life is lighter, brighter, and just all around less stressful. Um, A lot of people find it easier to adopt supportive nutrition habits in the summer with local produce in season and an abundance of opportunities to move and stay active outside. On the flip side, the go-go nature of summer may have other people feeling out of routine with their usual food and movement choices or feeling challenged with an increased number of social gatherings and opportunities to drink alcohol. In today's podcast episode, we're sharing our top summer tips to help you feel confident, fueled, hydrated, and energized this summer. Before we dive into the content, we're just going to have a little bit of nutrition banter and share the best thing we've ate this week. Uh, So maybe Hannah, I'll get you to kick us off. Yeah, totally. So I had to think on this, but definitely the best thing I ate this week was I made double chocolate cookies um, for the first time. It's like not usually a cookie that I love, but I wasn't feeling well last week and I looked up a recipe and I made it and it was so, so good. So definitely the best thing. Awesome. The one with white chocolate chips? No, with like chocolate, like milk oh, chocolate yum. chips. Yum. I'm coming over. <laughs> oh, they're all gone. <laughs> Darian, what about you? Uh, I feel like I haven't really, like, um, done anything crazy or unique with my food lately, but I've been on a really big yogurt bowl kick, and I have this, like, cinnamon cereal protein powder I've been putting in it, so it's, like, yogurt and berries and cereal and nut butter, and I don't know, it's just been a bowl of deliciousness, so that's probably the best thing for me. Awesome. Mine's kind of a funny one. It's jazz apples, so... Uh, jazz apples are my favorite kind of apple, but about a year ago, I bought this huge bag from Costco and all of the apples were very soft, which is the worst thing to me. I like a really crisp apple. So I was kind of off the jazz apples for about a year and then I purchased some and they were super crisp and crunchy. So that's just been an awesome, I've actually been adding it to my breakfast with uh, peanut butter. So that's Mm. been tasty this week. So for the format of today's podcast episode, we're going to do it similar to um, the podcast episode we shared on nutrition tips for the holiday season, where I'm going to share my top tips, then Darian's going to share her top tips, and Hannah's going to share tips as well. There's probably going to be a little bit of overlap, but we've tried to create tips that are unique to each of us so that there's a lot of variety um, and things to think about from this episode. Okay, Courtney, can you kick us off with your tips for the summer? Absolutely. 
My first tip is to stay hydrated with fluids and electrolytes. And I'm sure Darian and Hannah thought of this tip as well. It's a pretty common one um, for us to be uh, having clients think more about through the summer because with the weather hot, we're sweating more, we're losing more fluids and electrolytes. So staying hydrated is going to be really key to keeping our energy levels up and just feeling well through the summer. So I think for a lot of people, when they think about hydration, they just think of fluids and they think about drinking more water throughout the day, which is definitely a good starting spot for getting hydrated. But we also want to think about the electrolytes in our food and beverages and how it can actually help our body hold on to the fluids we're drinking. So we can think of electrolytes like little magnets that help um, kind of attach onto that fluid in our body. So we're actually staying hydrated versus just peeing out all the fluids we consume. So where might we get these sources of electrolytes? Yeah, so our electrolytes are minerals, so sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium, also chloride, but the big ones are sodium and potassium. Mm -hmm. And we can definitely supplement with electrolytes, which I'll talk a little bit more on later, but it is found abundantly in a lot of the foods that we eat in all of the food groups, actually. So some really abundant sources of electrolytes is going to be any fruit, any vegetables, root vegetables like potatoes, even like veggie or bone broths, dairy products. And if you're into liver or organ <laughs> meats, they're pretty mineral rich as well. Um, so these electrolytes in our food, like I shared before, are going to help our body actually hold on to the fluids we're consuming. So they're a big part of getting hydrated or staying hydrated. Um, but for a lot of people, if they are losing a lot of sweat, maybe they're active working outside, um, then we might need to supplement with electrolytes right. in their beverages. So that's where we could look at adding an electrolyte supplement like Noon Tablets, spelled N-U-U-N. Um, that's a product we often recommend as it just has a, a great blend of sodium, potassium, magnesium, chloride, and calcium um, to help you get hydrated from the water that you're actually drinking. Mm -hmm. What would be some signs that people could potentially watch for this summer that might warrant the use of an electrolyte supplement? Yeah, so a big one would be fatigue. So, you know, if you're kind of eating well, eating balanced meals, but you're still feeling really tired, it could be that you're dehydrated and need more fluids and electrolytes. Um, muscle cramps or twitches is a big one. I know for me through the summer, I'll get these Charlie horses in my calves and hamstrings. Um, so that just tells me I need to up my electrolytes, specifically magnesium. So we can get magnesium through a lot of green foods, actually. So like green veggies, pumpkin seeds, avocado, even dark chocolate. Sometimes people benefit, again, from supplementing with electrolytes or even magnesium. Headaches is a big one. Um, poor heat tolerance and a regular heartbeat. Um, uh, retaining water, which actually seems the opposite. Like if you're not hydrated, you'd think you wouldn't be retaining water, but the body will actually start like get, getting puffy and retaining fluids um, if our electrolytes are imbalanced. Um, some people will have digestive symptoms like constipation or diarrhea, um, or you might even have brain fog. So Courtney, what's your favorite way to get electrolytes in the summer? Well, definitely trying to get lots of colorful products 
produce in all of my meals, but I would say I'm big into having an electrolyte supplement usually once a day through the summer. Um, I'm what they call a salty sweater, which is just a subset of the population who loses more sodium through their sweat. So I find it pretty difficult uh, to stay hydrated when I am so active in the summer without a supplement. Um, But I mean, I also like adding salty foods to my meals like pickles or different condiments or even just like you know, adding a sprinkle of salt into a smoothie to help get my sodium levels up, which is the the most abundant electrolyte that we need to replenish if we are sweating a lot in the summer. So my second tip is to keep an arsenal of portable snacks on hand for the summer. So I know for me and a lot of clients, it's like we're on road trips or maybe we're going to the beach or we're on the boat or hiking and adventuring and we need some snacks to keep us going. Um, You know, maybe even if we have a big gap between our meals or if we're more active. Um, So oftentimes these summer activities weren't snacks that um, don't require refrigeration. So we have to get creative for how we can be balancing our snacks while we're on the go. What are some of your favorite snacks or some ideas that you could share um, that you kind of take on the go? Yeah. So a really good one is beef jerky. If you enjoy it paired with fruit and nuts, you get some sodium from the beef Mm -hmm. jerky. So it's helping with that hydration too, but a nice balance of protein, carbs, and fats to keep you well fueled. Um, I mean, this one wouldn't always work, but canned tuna with crackers and fresh veggies, like if you're camping or something and you need a snack that you can carry in a backpack, the canned tuna is great. Um, Carrying fresh fruits that are easy to take with you, like an orange, an apple or a banana. And if you can, you know, pair it with some almonds or maybe even grab a portion baby bell cheese or another cheese, those can be helpful for on the go. Um, protein bars. Right now I'm really liking the RX bars. I probably rely on those most during Mm -hmm. the summer. Um, You know, protein drinks. If you're on a road trip, I've popped into a gas station and lately, you know, I've been trying the core power drinks that you can get. It's not an everyday food for me, but if I am on Mm -hmm. a road trip and I need something, uh, sometimes it's nice to grab something higher protein like that from a gas station. Roasted chickpeas are one some of my clients really enjoy, so those work well. Um, Or even like some air pop popcorn or some popcorn that you've purchased to share, which is a little bit higher fiber and can keep you going. Yeah. What about you guys? Well, kind of double whammy on the salt for me, but I love the bootable popcorn and beef jerky. Those are kind of my go-to travel or boat snacks during the summer just to have with me at the beach or wherever I'm going. Um, That's probably my go-to. Yeah, I would say I'm similar to you, Courtney, that I like go for the convenience. So probably some type of protein bar um, or, you know, if it's not a super long trip and I can take like the turkey bites and then do turkey bites and cheese or something like that. Um, I also with like alongside the protein drinks, um, I recently got the Fairlife protein milk. Yeah. From Costco, um, which I feel like is a way better price than like other protein drinks. Um, and it just tastes like chocolate milk. So yeah. yeah. And those ones are cool because they don't require refrigeration. Yeah. yeah. My third tip is to use convenience foods to your advantage when grocery shopping. And I feel like this tip has come up across a few different podcasts. Um, But I know for me in the summer, I like to make the most of my weekends. Like I want to be adventuring all weekend. I don't really want to be meal prepping or, you know, in the kitchen 
making foods for my work week. So oftentimes when I, you know, get back to the city on Sunday, I hit the grocery store and I pick up items that don't require a lot of preparation, but will get me through the work week with some um, nutritious and balanced options. So if you have been listening to our podcast, a lot of these tips won't be new. Um, but if I'm headed to the grocery store, I'm thinking, okay, what can I have for protein for the week? So maybe I am picking up those prepped souvlaki skewers from Costco that I could quickly barbecue. Or maybe the chicken or turkey sausages. Again, Costco has some really good ones. I love the feta and spinach one um, that, you know, again, you could barbecue that um, as an easy supper. A rotisserie chicken, which can be integrated into lunches through the week, or even like some deli meats or again, canned tuna for a quick protein at lunch during the week. Um, for high volume foods, maybe I am grabbing that bag salad. I actually tried the dill pickle salad for the first time ever last night. I feel like oh. I'm way behind the trend on this yes. and it was so tasty. Um, but also veggie trays, frozen berries for smoothies, or I'll often buy those like mini veggies, like the baby carrots or the mini bell peppers or the mini cucumbers, which are a bit more expensive, but they're just so easy when you're throwing some uh, veggies into lunch to maybe pair with a yummy dip. Um, for fats, I'll grab like olive oil if I don't have it so I can quickly make dressings at home for salads or a dip for my veggies um, or even like nuts and seeds, which I can easily incorporate into any meal or snack for a uh, filling fat choice. And then for carbs, I find in the summer I'm just craving lots of fruit. So grabbing different fruit options from the grocery store to build into meals. Um, but of course, like other easy carbs would be whole grain breads or wraps, canned beans or lentils that you can just throw into salads or like sweet potatoes. I love doing in the air fryer in the summer. Um, so I'll pick those up for a pretty quick carb addition to a meal. Do you guys have any convenient foods you rely on through the summer? Yeah, I love all those options. I end up getting in um, a kick with those turkey sausages from Costco, I think, like the feta ones. And they're just so easy to throw in wraps or sometimes I'll even throw them in like an egg scramble. But I like just the fact that they um, don't take a lot of prep. Yeah, I have been on a huge Slovakia kick. Mm. Um, I've been getting them from Sobeys, which oh. is expensive I think compared to Costco so I definitely need to hit up Costco because I go through them like crazy I just love it and it never tastes the same when I try to make it myself so um yeah it's awesome like especially if I haven't had something prepped for lunch then I'll just like throw one of those actually even like on the stove um and then I have a protein for the next day with like 10 minutes awesome mm -hmm. My fourth tip is to invest in kitchen gadgets for quick summer meals that help to keep your house cool. So I know for me through the summer, even though I have AC in my house, I don't love turning on the oven and heating up the house. So I'm often trying to get creative with meals that don't require the oven so I can keep the house more cool. So some of my top gadgets through the summer is definitely the barbecue. I feel like everyone <laughs> enjoys a good barbecued meal. So um, that's kind of a go-to summer gadget for me to be making use of more often. But even like a good blender for smoothies, you know, an air fryer for things like potatoes or an instant pot, which I often use to make hard boiled eggs for easy snacks. Um, so yeah, these kitchen gadgets I find I rely on more so in the summer and it makes meals fast. But then also, like I said, I'm not needing to turn on the oven and heat up the house. What would be a top go-to summer meal that you might cook on the barbecue? 
Yeah, for me, it's pretty simple. Like we shared before, I love the souvlaki. So throwing that on the barbecue, sometimes I'll make veggie kebabs to barbecue with it because I love like the charred grilled taste that veggies get on the barbecue. Um, But usually I'll pair that with, you know, some type of potato in the air fryer. Um, And then oftentimes I'll make a Greek salad. I just love Greek salad. So um, that kind of Mediterranean Greek inspired Mm -hmm. meal would be a go-to for me. Um, But something I've done in past years is pita pizzas on the barbecue, which is really fun, or even um, these foil packets. We actually mm-hmm. have a recipe on the blog where you slice up different veggies and potatoes and then some type of sausage and you wrap it in foil and then just put it on the barbecue to cook. That's a pretty good one. Um, but I'll throw down on like a classic burger with a salad on the side or even just like steak, potatoes and salad. I love simple meals like that in the summer because I feel like the barbecue just elevates it. Yeah. What about you guys? Oh, uh, I could just throw it out on a burger every day. Mm-hmm. We have such a good turkey burger recipe on the blog, and um, I feel like that's what I need to do this weekend. But I, burgers are just so easy. Like Court said, you can just kind of customize your sides, but it's just so simple but so satisfying and fresh at the same time. Yeah, I have nothing to add other than burgers are fantastic, <laughs> and that's also probably my favorite summer meal. Yeah, <laughs> Awesome. So my fifth tip is to support your body if and when you choose to consume alcohol. So I think a lot of people know that alcohol has dehydrating effects. So it's a diuretic, meaning we lose more fluids when we drink alcohol and we're more prone to dehydration. So this is actually where a lot of, you know, the symptoms of a hangover come into play, where we maybe have a headache or we're feeling more fatigued. Um, So a lot of the tips around supporting your body if you choose to consume alcohol encompass ways to support your hydration status. But before jumping into some of those tips, I did want to mention that a lot of times clients will ask us, like, should I drink or how much should I drink? And it's really hard for us to answer that question for them because whether you choose to drink and how much you choose to drink is really dependent on your personal values and your personal goals. Um, So I know for a lot of people, like even though alcohol might not be, quote unquote, healthy, like it's enhancing their health by connecting them to, you know, family, friends, or whoever they're socializing with. So it definitely has a place for a lot of people. So, you know, whether you drink, when you drink, how much you drink is going to be a personal choice contingent on your values. So we can help you reflect on that and, you know, set some boundaries around drinking that feel great for you. But ultimately, like it is a very personal choice. Um, And so we actually, in our podcast episode on goal setting, we talked a little bit more about understanding your values and how that can help guide you with your food and nutrition choices. So if you're curious to maybe do a little bit of work on your personal values, I would recommend listening to that podcast or reading the article that has a free PDF that can help you reflect on your values. And I think that can guide you better as to like when you choose to drink and when you don't. Um, Just as a personal example, like there's a lot of times I choose not to drink because I know how it makes me feel. I don't want to feel tired and sluggish the next day at work or in my workouts. So I like... I just say no, and and that's a boundary for me. But there's a lot of times where, you know, maybe I'm with friends and and I want to drink and I choose to and I know I won't feel my best the next day. And that's okay because, you know, I made that choice and that's what I wanted to do on that particular weekend or day. So now that we got that heavy stuff out of the (laughs) way, we'll talk about some things that you can consider if you decide to drink. So I'd say the first thing is to 
consider your drink of choice. So if you don't drink often or you're not drinking like more than two drinks, I'd say choose a drink that you enjoy and are craving and just sounds super tasty. However, if you know you're going to be consuming multiple beverages, it may be worth it to start thinking about the different added sugars that can Mm -hmm. come in alcoholic beverages and reducing that if possible. So, you know, like a vodka soda or something like that, which may just have you feeling better the next day. Um, Another tip is definitely to focus on hydration with fluids and electrolytes. Um, So staying hydrated and getting hydrated the next day is definitely key to minimize, you know, any symptoms like a headache or fatigue. So when we're thinking hydration, we already talked about it. It's fluids and electrolytes. So a tip I'll often share with clients is try to have one glass of water for every alcoholic beverage you have just to kind of offset um, the dehydrating effects of alcohol and then take an electrolyte supplement the night of and the next morning to replenish some of those electrolytes and help with hydration. And then if you have it in you, focus on lots of colorful (laughs) vegetables and fruits the next day or even while you're drinking if you want, uh, which just helps complement the body's natural anti-inflammatory Uh, response to drinking. And so, you know, getting that colorful produce in, it's going to get you electrolytes and antioxidants. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can eat lots of veggies and fruits. That electrolyte tip is very helpful though. Like have it before you go to bed, have it in the morning. It will make you feel better. Yes, for sure. Um, Another tip, if it kind of works for, you know, the setting is to aim to stop drinking about two hours Mm -hmm. before you plan on going to bed. Um, So this tip... um, comes from the perspective of supporting your blood sugars. So alcohol is metabolized in the liver and normally the liver's responsibility is to regulate blood sugar. So when it's focusing on detoxifying alcohol from your body, it's no longer regulating blood sugars in the same way. So we're more prone to low blood sugars, which is why we might feel hungrier when we drink, but also why we can get sleep disturbances like, you know, waking up in the middle of the night or waking up really early, even when we're tired from a late night of, of, you know, socializing and being out. So If you stop drinking about two hours before bed, it just gives the alcohol more time to metabolize and you might find you actually sleep better. And if you get that solid sleep, you're probably going to feel better the next day too. And to complement that, like you might even plan a more balanced snack after you're done drinking, which again is just going to help to support your blood sugars through the night. So you're less likely to wake up earlier or, you know, have that disrupted sleep. Um, I feel like maybe most people don't crave like a balanced snack that we talk about (laughs) typically on this podcast um, when they're drinking. But, you know, if you can have some type of um, snack that pairs protein, fats and carbs, again, that can really help with your blood sugar balance through the night. Courtney, are you saying that a Dawn's run typically isn't a blood sugar balance? <laughs> I'm trying to scoot around saying that, but pretty much, yeah. I mean, I have had clients who said they've set out like an enjoyable snack to come home to, you know, after a night of drinking so that it's just there for them. The decision's made, they eat it and they feel better. I think that's not for everyone. So we have to be realistic, but it is a consideration. 
One final tip is to set your limit beforehand. Um, So I think like when we're in the moment, we're enjoying ourselves, we're having some drinks, it's really hard to set a limit for how many drinks uh, we know aligns with our values or our goals or how we want to feel the next day. So if you know you feel better limiting your drinks to a certain number, set that boundary before the event because it's going to be way easier to stick to compared to maybe when you're in the moment and your inhibitions change and you just want to like let loose. Nothing wrong with that. Like you could always change the boundary if it serves you. But I think, you know, having an idea or a limit beforehand can help you be, you know, a little bit more aware of how you might space those drinks or maybe even only taking the number of drinks you know you want to stick to at that event. Yeah, I think all of those tips are really helpful, Court, um, in the realm of alcohol. And um, I definitely focus on the electrolyte one, but I also find um, the one about kind of choosing maybe the ones you really want to enjoy, like your drink of choice. It's very easy for me if beer is the only option to say no, because I just do not love beer. Um But then also kind of considering, yeah, the sugar content or even just those choices if you're planning on consuming more drinks and just how that might impact how you feel, too. Yeah, totally. I would say, yeah, I agree. Like, they were all awesome tips. I'm definitely pretty picky. I say this as a hypocrite as I just was drinking last night and maybe a little bit low energy today. (laughs) However, I typically am pretty picky with, like, when I drink um, because – Although I'm not that old, I feel like I get hangovers like for three <laughs> days now. So, you know, it's just like what is aligning with how I want to feel and how I want to feel after that event. Um, but then picking when it's like, yeah, the alcohol is mm-hmm. like really, you know, allowing me to let loose a little bit more and enjoy my time um, versus like if I'd rather just, you know, maybe have water or, you know, a different type of drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I'm pretty choosy with when I drink mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, again, we touched on how that's a pretty personal. And so mm-hmm. it could be something for you to reflect on as you move through the summer. Okay, so those are my top tips, but Darian, let's kick it off with your tips for summer. Yeah, my first one is to focus on color in your food choices. I find summer is actually a really great time if you do have a goal to include more veg and fruit in your diet, um, simply because there's lots of more in-season produce and local produce available hit up that farmer's market or kind of check out the new options available. Um, And vegetables and fruit kind of leaning into what Court had said previously is also they're very hydrating and they contain that natural source of electrolytes to even help keep you cool during these hot summer days. But it's such a nice time to explore different variety and just brighten up your meals. Oftentimes clients will say to me, okay, how much, you know, fruit and vegetables should I eat me for in a day? And honestly, my recommendation is just add one to two colors. That's the goal. Add that vibrant, nice variety to your plate. And it's just going to support your body with those extra nutrients as well. And there's lots of fun ways that we can add that color in the summertime, whether it's making like fruit kebabs or maybe you're chopping up a bunch of vegetables and grilling them on the barbecue and getting that nice crisp char on there or making that nice fresh salad. Um, There's so many ways for us to really bump up that variety. 
Yeah. I find it interesting how our taste buds change through different seasons. Mm -hmm. So like in the winter, maybe we're craving more like warm and comforting. But in the summer, I crave like fresh and crisp. And I feel like produce is naturally just like really fresh and crisp. So I find myself, you know, Mm -hmm. craving those fruits or, you know, a really yummy salad. Yeah. You almost just gravitate towards it more. Mm -hmm. My second tip is to give a boost to classic summer meals. And what I mean by this is there's a lot of little tweaks we can make on already delicious favorites. It might mean choosing a turkey sausage that's a little bit leaner versus a higher fat sausage or hot dog. Um, Making your own homemade burgers, having higher fiber popcorn as a crunchy, salty snack, trying out the foil packet recipes that Courtney had mentioned that has lots of veggies and protein, or even just um, kind of including those classics like pasta salad. Maybe you try making it with bean-based pasta to bump up the protein. Having fresh fruit on hand for dessert, adding colorful coleslaw maybe versus a potato salad, and just adding in those multi-grain buns for um, your burgers and hot dogs that bump up the fiber content. Again, it doesn't mean we cannot have our usual favorites, but there's lots of little tweaks I think we can make to just bump up the nutrition content that's going to just support our bodies overall during the summer months. Mm -hmm. I love that tip. And I think it touches on a mindset that we often share with clients, which is what I call the ad mindset. Mm -hmm. So instead of thinking about like, you know, what might be less nutritious or what we should be eating less of, it's like, how can we give our meals a boost? What could we add to make them more filling, like those vegetables or fruits Mm -hmm. or more um, sustain us for longer like that, you know, leaner protein choice. So I love the examples you shared, Darian, and I love the mindset of you know, adding Add. and boosting. Yeah. yeah. Are there any kind of um, classic summer meals you guys would make little tweaks to or some go-tos here? Yeah. So one I love to do in the summer is actually a breakfast recipe. So in the summer, I love like, you know, a waffle bar or pancakes. I feel like it's so classic to enjoy like a big summer brunch um, with family or friends. And so little ways to boost the protein and fiber in a pancake or waffle recipe is my go to. So Mm -hmm. I mean, the Kodiak cake mix from Costco is a great quick option, but I really like to make homemade pancakes or waffles with you know, I blend some oat flour, make oat flour in the blender just by blending oats and add different elements to it, like, you know, eggs and egg whites, Greek yogurt, cottage cheese. There's all kinds of recipes for higher protein, higher fiber protein waffles and pancakes. Um, So I love that in the summer. And then having lots of fruit toppings like nut butters, nuts and seeds, maybe even you're throwing some other side dishes in like, you know, bacon or lean turkey bacon, whatever you'd enjoy. But I just love like a big summer brunch and adding little boosts to a pancake recipe is something I love to do. Mm -hmm. That's such a good one. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'll just piggyback on that one of um, like doing like chia seed jam. Like I know we have a a recipe on the blog and I am like a big berry person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really like having the berries mixed in with like fresh berries or frozen berries with some chia to get some more fiber, some healthy fats. And um, I'm a big pancake gal um, in the morning. So I love to put that on there. Um, And it's just kind of nice to brighten it up and do something different in the summer. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, My family, every time at the lake or when we're camping, we do kind of the classic bush pies. So it's in those really funny, like, kind of grilled sandwich looking makers that you put over the fire. And I'll just throw in some lean deli ham or turkey, a little bit of cheese and some higher fiber bread. And it's still the same, like delicious pizza flavored bush pie, but just, I mean, 
it's a lot more satisfying with some of those nutritional elements in there. My third tip is navigating social gatherings. So there are so many social events that come up in the summer, whether that's barbecues or, you know, time at the lake with friends and family. And ultimately, the goal is to just enjoy ourselves and connect with our company. But it can be overwhelming navigating all of the options while trying to really stay true to what foods are feeling good to you and serving you and in alignment with your goals. So some tips when it comes to navigating these social gatherings, I think it would be contributing a dish. So maybe you're bringing a higher protein option or you're bringing that tray of fruit or veggies just to add some color and variety. Um, not only is it really nice to offer that dish, but it's just something that you know is going to be in alignment with your goals too and that great option on hand. Another pretty powerful one is situating yourself in the environment. So you know, filling up your plate, choosing the foods that you want to enjoy, but then sitting away from the foods that you're engaging in conversation, taking in your surroundings, and maybe even just slowing down when you eat versus if you're sitting right beside the snack table or the um, where all the food is, you might be more inclined to mindlessly just be grabbing and eating as you're talking versus really engaging in that conversation or focusing on what's on your plate mm-hmm. at hand. Um, this one I often tell clients is be picky. You know, there's an abundance of food typically at these social events. And I feel like we almost sometimes feel guilty or inclined that we have to choose everything or try everything there. But it's like, that's not the case. It's okay if there's a dish that you really do not want. Like, I'm not a huge potato salad person. I'd rather. Yeah. I don't know. The texture. It's too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So I'd rather like, I'll often skip out on the potato salad, but I'm like, yeah, catch me at the dessert table or, you know, I might have an extra bun. But it's just I've really started to lean into not choosing the foods just because they're there and making sure the foods that I'm choosing are really ones that I'm 100% going to be enjoying. Okay, I have a very important question, Darian. What are your thoughts and feelings on, like, pasta salad or mac- or macaroni salad, you know? Um... Uh, it's like it's better. It's a level up than potato salad for me, but it's still it's too like soft of textures oh, sometimes. I don't know. You got to get down with some pre-made macaroni salad. You can make, you can salad. make me one this summer. I don't know. It's it's better than potato salad for me, okay, but it's okay. still not my favorite. Okay. Wild. <laughs> um, but yeah, those, those social gatherings it, it is just such a big part of our most people's summer and a lot of clients will come to me saying, "Okay, I have X amount of gatherings coming up." What are your thoughts on how I can navigate this? And ultimately, of course, it's always to enjoy yourself, enjoy those foods and that connection it's bringing. But it's also not being afraid to be a little bit picky if you choose to and really be able to take that step back and reflect what's really going to serve me in this moment. How do I want to come out of this feeling? What mindset do I want to have going into it as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those are some great tips, Darian. And, you know, I do emphasize to clients, like, probably where we're going to make the most gains with, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever your goal is. Maybe it's building muscle or changing your body composition. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen in your daily routine. So it's like, let's get that down and let's not overstress about social events. But I do think if we're going into it and we can navigate it by, you know, contributing that dish or being Mm -hmm. really mindful of what we're putting on our plate and, you know, focusing on the the social elements of the mm-hmm. event and really connecting i think that's a a great consideration especially when we have a lot of <laughs> summer gatherings yes. and events on the calendar 
My fourth tip is to plan supportive snacks. So the heat can actually decrease your appetite as it's redirecting blood flow in an attempt to cool your body down. So you actually might not be fully aware of the energy demands your body's having during the day. And oftentimes we're unintentionally like skipping meals or missing lunch or those snacks only to find yourself maybe ravenous later on when food is present. So I find making sure that you have those snacks planned or you have those convenient options on hand um, can be pretty powerful during the summer. And even kind of checking in with yourself and doing a little bit of mechanical eating in the sense that it's like, okay, you know, has it been four to five hours? Might my body benefit from some nutrition to kind of pick my energy levels up, even if those hunger cues aren't fully there? Because again, that heat or even just busyness in your day plays a huge factor on whether or not those true like hunger rumbling stomach cues are going to be there or not. Mm -hmm. Darian, you said an interesting uh, term, Mm -hmm. mechanical eating, Mm -hmm. which I think you did describe well as you continued to chat. But I'd love for you guys to define that a little bit more, either Hannah or Darian, because I think that's an interesting concept. Yeah, well, actually, Hannah introduced it to me as getting some extra support from a client. And um, it was basically the idea of eating outside of those hunger cues and more so setting that kind of time domain for yourself. So it's like, you know, has it been five hours? Might my body benefit from that snack regardless if, you know, your stomach's grumbling or not? Hannah, maybe you could elaborate a little bit Yeah, no, that's perfect. Yeah, so something like I would often talk about with clients in like different populations or struggling with yeah. different things or maybe tuning into that hunger or, you know, are used to ignoring hunger. Mm-hmm. But in the summer, definitely it can happen to like anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so often, yeah, mechanical eating or eating on the clock would on be clock, like what yeah. we call it. Um, and so, yeah, that idea of, you know, yes, of course, at the end of the day, like we want to be able to tune into our yes. bodies and use that to dictate like when we're eating and when we stop eating. But sometimes that's not always possible. Um, and so sometimes we have to take a little bit more of that mechanical approach approach to, mm-hmm. to nutrition um, to just make sure that our body is nourished the way it needs to be mm-hmm. nourished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. even with those like planning the snacks and the mechanical eating, it's often too, it's, you know, we can be experiencing those low energy, those low blood sugar dips in our day, but we might not always recognize it because I think sometimes we are always looking for that stomach rumbling, growling to be our cue to eat, but it can present in so many more ways, like low energy, you can't focus, that brain fog. If you're thinking about food. You're thinking about Mm -hmm. food. So I think it can be really empowering to know that you don't have to feel that physical hunger to know that your body needs that little pick-me-up or that little bit of um, supportive snack too. So having some of those supportive snacks and pairing them and keeping them on hand can be really powerful during the summer. Yeah. And as you shared, Darian, Darian, the heat can decrease mm-hmm. our appetite. But I know for me, I can be very active yes, in the summer. That's and another activity one. level actually increases our energy needs, but mm-hmm. can decrease our appetite. So I just love this tip yes. to, you know, still have those supportive snacks through the day to get our energy yeah. needs in and avoid that ravenous hunger that mm-hmm. can come if we, maybe Later we've gone on. a long time. Absolutely. My fifth tip is movement, and this is just moving in a way that feels good to you and you enjoy during the summer, Um, but also from the perspective that movement can stimulate keeping our digestive system moving. It can support your sleep, and I just think it's such a powerful one during the summer just to move our body in a way that we love, and especially when the weather's so nice, maybe that means trying a new sport or activity that you wouldn't otherwise do. Um, 
I mean, I just think there's something to say about how energizing and fulfilling it can be. Mm-hmm. Are there any kind of like fun summer sports you guys are wanting to try or new ways of moving that you enjoy more in the summer? Yeah, for me, it's definitely biking, and I got a new bike this summer, mm-hmm. and I've just been trying to use it as much as possible, hitting the river for a loop, mm-hmm. so I've been loving biking, but this year, I have a little bit more work in my yard, um, so it's kind of my first year gardening, which oh, is yeah. you know a different form of movement, not a sport, but something that I've been enjoying, and it really keeps me active in the evening, trying to keep up with all my yard work, and I actually really like doing mm-hmm. it. I love that. Hannah? Yeah, um, I would say, like, I think just walking, like, it's so much easier to walk in the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just find that I move a lot more, you know, maybe it's like I'll walk to the to the grocery store instead or walk somewhere. Um, And it's just like, yeah, it's not actually like intentional exercise, but it's just something that I actually enjoy doing or way more likely to like go for a walk with a friend when Mm -hmm. it's not minus 40 out. So, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, Hannah, what are some of your go-to summer nutrition tips? So my first one would be to be eating regularly throughout the day, um, even if you're out and about. So I think like we've you know mentioned, summer can be a very busy time. It can also be a time that maybe we're relaxing more or have more days off. So um, we have a little bit less routine. Um, so, you know, with the heat, with less routine, all these things can compound to having less of a schedule. Um, and, you know, it is really important from a blood sugar perspective um, to ensure that we're energized and that our body's nourished to still be eating regularly throughout the day. Um, I often find that clients um, sometimes will say to me, you know, like, oh, well, I was out and I wasn't planning to be out and I didn't want to grab, you know, to go back to my previous McDonald's, (laughs) Um, um, you know, I didn't want to grab something like classically fast food and so I just waited until I got home and then by the time I got home I was starving and it's like okay well I mean eating out doesn't have to mean just McDonald's or just fast food totally if that's what you want then you can make that fit in however you could also opt to go to a cafe or like I personally love you know places that make more like um, rice bowls or grain bowls Mm -hmm. chopped leaf um freshy places like that or I know you guys are big poke girls um and so you know like just eating out or grabbing something on the go I think is almost always going to serve you better than trying to push the um, or push the time um between your meals so that's a big one My second tip would be to say yes to experiences. So giving yourself permission to enjoy all that summer has to offer, I think, is really important. Um, You know, if you have different nutrition, different health goals, it can be easy to get almost anxious um, when summer rolls around because there are so many social activities or there are so many different things that you could participate in. And I think, you know, we are really of the mindset that, all these things add to your life and all these things can add to your health. So making sure that you're not selling yourself short um, by saying no to experiences and knowing you can go into, you know, the barbecue or um, whatever it is with like maybe making more intentional choices that are are aligned with your values. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, it's pretty important to remember you're probably not going to regret getting ice cream with your like kid or, you know, getting going out for a meal um, with your family 
and at the end of the day, like those are all great, healthy things to do. And of course, like we can help you figure out how that fits in. But I think it's really important to not limit yourself. I know for me, some of my favorite summer memories actually center around food, like growing up, spending time at the lake, like big um, family meals that we'd enjoy or like snacks on the beach or walking to the ice cream shop to get a cone with my cousins. Like those are amazing memories and memories I continue to make as an adult. So, you know, we talk about being really intentional with our nutrition choices. And I think that's great. Um, And also, you know, just embracing all of these fun food moments um, that we get to experience, like Hannah said, and saying yes to those experiences. So this one is my third tip um, and is kind of similar to what Darian was talking about, but moving in a way that you love. So I do think that summer is a great opportunity to try different um, ways of movement. And, you know, I think people can sometimes get stuck on, well, I don't like going to the gym and strength training or I don't enjoy running. And it's like, yeah, And that's completely okay. And those aren't the only two forms of exercise. So opening yourself up to experience different things, whether it's going to the park with a group of friends to do slacklining or spike ball or playing frisbee or, you know, having like a soccer game or whatever it is, like maybe you kind of go back to different things you enjoyed when you were younger um, and different ways you enjoyed moving then. Um, I think that that's awesome. Or, you know, even in Saskatoon, I know like I typically get a membership for the canoe club. Um, And so you can, you know, go out on the river with canoes and kayaks um, for pretty inexpensive. And again, it's not necessarily maybe what we would consider um, classic like exercise or dedicated exercise, but it's a way you're moving your body. You're getting all those benefits of exercise. And if you like it and you actually enjoy it, like that is way better than any other type of movement you could be doing. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, just how you said going back even to sports that maybe you used to do. I yeah. actually went swimming the other day oh. for the first time in so long, like actual swimming, not just jumping off a boat. Yeah, <laughs> And it was so challenging, but it was so fun. And it kind of reignited. I'm like, oh, you know, I think maybe I could do this or add this into this summer again. And that was really fun. Or when I go back home, there's tennis courts oh, um, yes. by my old childhood home. And I'll try to drag my brother or my dad <laughs> out there and get in a game of tennis. Not that I'm really any good at it, but it's yeah. fun to challenge yourself in that way too. I think tennis is harder when you're bad at it because you're yeah. just constantly <laughs> running for the yeah. balls. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> what about you, Courtney? Is there anything other than biking? I know um, you mentioned that you really like to do in the summer. Yeah. Well, I love what you touched on. I know for me, like I love classic exercise. I love going to the gym. Um, and, you know, in the winter, I don't mind being at the gym for longer. But in the summer, I definitely try to condense it to mm-hmm. an hour because I want to be spending more of my time outside. Um, so in addition to all the amazing examples um, you all shared, mine would definitely be water sports if mm-hmm. I can, like, source someone with a boat. <laughs> <laughs> so I love wake surfing, wakeboarding. Mm-hmm. I don't know, tubing, I guess that's not really a sport. But I just- Excuse me? <laughs> Tubing is an extreme sport. I'm pretty sure I like dislocated both my shoulders as a child from my mom driving the boat like an insane person while on the tube holding oh on for your life. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, yeah, so that would be my favorite summer sport. And I mean, I don't get to do it too often. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, if I have a friend or family member with a boat, you bet I'm like in the boat jumping yeah. on a board. 
I think that that's like a really good point, Courtney, too, is that actually a lot of these social experiences or like things that we could participate in this summer, like often actually involve some type of movement. Um, and so it's kind of like a double whammy. It's like, yeah, say yes to the experience because you can enjoy yourself. Um, and then also it's like you might actually be moving in a unique, different way that you don't usually get to. Mm-hmm. My fourth one is a little bit veering away from like nutrition and exercise, um, but it's something that I talk about quite a bit with clients, um, particularly maybe those who are struggling a little bit with body image, um, is talking about being in pictures. So even at the best of times, pictures can sometimes be something that people focus on or can be a source of stress um, because, you know, we can be definitely overly self-critical or find ourselves just in a period of time where maybe we have a lot more judgment towards ourselves, And I think, you know, it's really important to keep in mind that pictures are there to encompass memories and to be a fun thing. They're not meant to be something that we just rip ourselves apart for. Um, You know, saying yes to taking a picture, even if you're not feeling your best, um, is probably going to be the best thing for you for a lot of reasons. And so some of the tips I give clients who maybe struggle or, you know, like to keep themselves out of the picture or maybe are always volunteering to be behind the camera versus in front of the camera um, is to really reflect on why do you want this photo or why do the people around you, your loved ones, want this photo? It's probably to remember a good time. And so having a memory is super precious. And, you know, even if you're feeling like you're really in this moment of like being self-critical and you really aren't wanting the picture or you're focusing on something that you don't love about yourself, think about how you're going to feel in 10 years from now when you look back on this photo. Um, You're not probably going to remember hating the way you looked or remember that you didn't like your hair that day, but you'll want to remember who you were with, what you were doing, and all the fun times that you had. Um, So, you know, keeping that in mind, I think, is really important. And one of the other things I personally find really, really helpful is I think we all have a tendency, you guys can tell me if you guys do this, is to like immediately look at yourself in a picture. There could be 30 people in the picture or it could be like a beautiful background landscape and it's all you're looking at is yourself immediately and probably picking out things that you don't love. Um, And so I think what's a really important thing to do is try to zoom way out and so challenge yourself what else is going on in the picture maybe even if you're looking at yourself you're like hey I really loved my hair that day or hey I'm smiling or maybe my cousin's making a funny face or oh what's this person doing Um, or you know if it's more in the in nature well my guess is you went somewhere in nature to enjoy the nature so take a look what was going around you um, in the photo or in the background and that can sometimes put a little less focus and a little less pressure on ourselves to you know love the way we look in every picture we take Hannah I really love these tips and I think like you know, I used to feel like I'm the only one who struggles with, you know, maybe being overly critical of the way I look in photos. But I think, you know, it's almost comforting to know that more people struggle Mm -hmm. with this than we realize. And even the most confident people can struggle Mm -hmm. with body image or being overly critical or or judgmental of the way they look. Um, And so I think these these tips are really valuable to zoom out and, you know, have a little bit better perspective on why we might choose to be in the picture. Totally. And I think, too, it's like, man, like when you take like I had a picture taken last weekend and I was like, oh, 
don't love it. Had a picture taken the day after. I was like, wow, never felt better. Like, you know, and it's just like camera angles, all these things. It's like just how your mindset is that day can influence this. And at the end of the day, a picture is there for a memory. And so be in the picture, enjoy the picture, um, commemorate, you know, celebrate that moment um, so that you have that to look back on. And, you know, I think even maybe this kind of plays into the experience moment saying, yeah, or experience tip, sorry, that I shared is you know, maybe a little bit morbid, but when you're on your deathbed, you are not going to look back being like, wow, I wish I was like not in that picture because I hated the way I looked or I wish I said no to more things um, that like would bring me joy. And so really thinking of it in that way, even of like, oh, what do I actually want my life to look like and live? Um, and I think that's really important. Yeah, it kind of pulls back to that value centric totally. like thinking when it yeah. comes to our decision making. So again, if this is something you're curious to dig into more of, we do have that resource for you on our blog um, with our goal setting tips. So mm-hmm. if you want to download that resource and do some reflection on your personal value, I think it can be really helpful. Totally. So my very last tip kind of summarizes my whole approach to summer, but also just to nutrition and movement in general, um, is to focus on what makes you feel your best. So this could be anything from, you know, like the foods that you eat, the way that you move, the people you associate with, um, the clothes that you wear, the activities that you do. And so, you know, we often talk about um, there's not good and bad foods, there's not good and bad movement. There is totally a way, though, that you can move and you can eat that's going to make you feel your best. Um, And I think that that's a really important thing to one, figure out for yourself, but two, to really just hone in on and like own. So, you know, for me, if I think about it, like I know, you know, I'm similar to um, Courtney and Darian that I do enjoy maybe the classic like strength training gym exercises, but I also really enjoy being on the river and doing more movement like that in the summer. And so that's something that's going to add to my life. So that's something I'm going to make a priority um, to fit in. And then, you know, with eating, I'm often, you know, finding that balance and it's always looks a little bit different for me week to week, day to day. But when am I making those nutrient dense choices that are going to fuel me and support my energy levels versus when is it actually a lot healthier for me to like, you know, eat the burger and fries and down the Costco-sized bag of Miss Vicky's chips or whatever it is. Um, and then one that like we haven't touched on a ton, but I do talk about quite a bit, um, is the clothing that we wear. Um, so this could probably be a tip all by itself, but I think summer can also be a bit of a uncomfortable time for people because obviously it's hotter out. Some of the clothes might be a little bit more revealing um, that we're wearing. And I think what's important is like, are you confident? Do you feel good in it? Are you um, feeling comfortable in it? And so really picking clothes and that you can enjoy your life, I guess, the most. Mm -hmm. I was hoping you'd touch more on clothing because I think it's such an important um, consideration, even from a physical health perspective. Like if you're wearing jean shorts that dig into your waist, you're not going to feel comfortable digestion wise. Like you might feel more bloated or it can actually impede digestion. Or maybe you're just more focused on your body because of that pressure cue you have of those clothes that maybe aren't comfortable to you. So I think from a physical health perspective, wearing clothes that fit you well and are comfortable is like really important. 
and also choosing clothes that fit you now. So our bodies are always changing as we age through different seasons of life, like for women through pregnancy, postpartum, like there's so many normal changes that happen to our body composition and choosing clothes that fit you now instead of trying to squeeze into clothes that aren't fitting you, I think is really important, you know, from that physical health perspective, but from the the mental health or the psychology of feeling good and comfortable and confident in what you're wearing. So we hope you enjoyed this episode featuring our top tips to feel more confident, hydrated, and well-fueled this summer. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support us by sending it to a friend, a family member, a coworker, or anyone you think would enjoy this topic. And if you'd like to dig deeper, you can find the full article that complements this podcast episode on our blog at vitalitynutrition.ca forward slash blog. Thanks for spending your time with us. To further fill your plate, follow us on social media using the links in our show notes or visit us online at vitalitynutrition.ca. And as always, we welcome your ratings and reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay fed, stay moving, and stay well. Produced at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.